Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast paid for by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord community Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Kovar. And I'm Kakita Kaori. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, or good night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good appropriate time period. <laughs> and this week we are going to be looking at a new fiction by D.G. Laderoot, How the World Ought to Work. And we're also going to be looking at investigations in Rockagan, both in terms of law and also some ideas for how to run investigations. That sounds great. All right. The fiction of this week was, or last week, I guess, was How mm. the World Ought to Work. As you said, it's by D.G. Laderoot, who has given us many entertaining stories so far. In this story, Akota Tatori disguised as a ronin, is following Sapun Ishikawa around to a lead where he can learn if anyone hired any shinobi in the area to take on a job as big as killing the Emerald Champion, namely him. He's trying to find those who tried to assassinate him. Yep. He struggles a lot with being the perfect paragon of honor and finding out the truth. So this is... Nino versus Giri, I guess, or? Well, yeah, idealism versus pra- pragmatism, idealism versus the real world. Uh, a privileged person of enormous, I mean, he's, he was, he'd been raised as the son of the, the Lion Clan champion. He is the Lion Clan champion. He is the Emerald champion. And here he is working the streets. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of conflict and a lot of uh, juxtaposition and comparison. It's really cool. Yes. So this takes place in the story three weeks after the Cornered Lion 2. So um, it's about a month, month and a half after the assassination of the Emperor. Mm-hmm. And Sorry, the death by natural causes. Death by natural causes. Of the depending Emperor. on what yeah. you know. Right. And the and the perfectly reasonable and legitimate transfer of power. And what's interesting is that one of those statements is true and one of them is not, and that's just and everyone thinks it's the other way around. It's just amazing. <laughs> so let's see. We've got some lore nuggets. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I liked discovering that the Imperial families, the Sapoon and the Mia and the Atomo, have this uh pragmatic streak. Uh they deal with all sorts of undesirables in many interpretations of the families. One of the mm. benefits of privilege is you get to keep your hands clean of all the messy stuff. But yeah. here we th- know that they don't. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I have to look up what they, they do with the Otomo again. But the, the Seppon do because their job is guard the emperor against everything. And mm-hmm. so they therefore have to have a, an opinion on everything and, and have their have eyes on everything. The Mia, because they, at least on the, I mean, their their outward thing is being the herald and the Mia's gift. And that's going out into the world and seeing, oh no, you need help. We will help you, whoever you are. And uh, yeah, and the uh, Atomo, I think, just want to have their fingers in all the pies, quite <laughs> frankly. Let's see. We've got a Saki house. I love mm. I love this Saki house, uh, Bitter Oblivion, and a yep. tea house called Fortune's Rest. And if you have played some of the uh, old modules, Fortune's Rest is a known um, tea house mm. we have seen before, not in New 5R, but in, yep. in old 5R. And we uh, we also get uh, a couple of new brands of tea, because I'm beginning to think, because uh, you're compiling a list of teas. Yes, I am compiled. Let's do teas. And so we now have Golden Pearls Blend and Moonlit Snow Blend. And uh, <laughs> one of my favorite bits is uh, Toturi being annoyed, really, really annoyed that the, the tea that was offered to him by the horrible criminal is actually quite nice. Well, offered to him by Sapun Ishikawa. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean. <laughs> I think I think as long as well with the, the list of teas, a list of like inns and sake houses, and so I think that will be a neat thing for someone, possibly not us, to do. I think it's a really cool thing. <laughs> Let's see, we've got some specific definite crimes in Rokugan. Mm. So he, 
Tatori is very bothered by all this criminal dealing going on without yeah. him. Um, we do have one scene where a drunk scorpion and a drunk crane like start to square off for a drunk duel, which isn't a crime, but it's certainly uh, not good behavior. No. Uh, when it starts getting into a crime is when the uh, the crane actively accuses Shoju of usurping the throne. That really sets Tatori mm. off. Yeah, that's um, that's sedition. That is that's sedition. So so that's a crane. That's a crime that Tatori was tempted to ta- step into. Mm-hmm. Um, other specific definite crimes is using or trading illicit opium. There is a, a permit to use opium. Uh, the yep. Scorpion Clan does grow it publicly, but it's all yep. for medicinal purposes. Yes, it's all medicinal. Fields yes. and fields of poppies, all for medicinal purposes. There yep. is an illegal, it is illegal to be used for none. Yeah, medicinal no, purposes. no recreational opium. No, no, no. And also, we ha- see some. Samurai trading, exchanging travel papers, which is a definite no-no. That's definitely very naughty. And it can, it can range in naughtiness from very naughty to very extremely naughty. But I, don't <laughs> think we, I don't think we quite found out what level, but it's not good. Because travel papers are, you know, it's meant to keep track and make sure that people who aren't supposed to be places are not in those places. And, you know, you don't want to have people wandering about with the wrong travel papers. <laughs> we also get a good look at how people on the ground are seeing some of... Well, sorry, I say people on the ground. They're still clan samurai, great clan samurai. So they're pretty far off the ground if you really want to get into it. But how people are seeing the events of you know, the Emperor's death and Shoju taking over. And people are outright saying, this is this is a coup. He, Shoju is lying it's all evil and bad and wrong. And I don't believe this edict and something, you know, it's all, all horrible. But, and Tatu is going, I know full well the edict is true because I wrote it. <laughs> and I think that's really, really interesting. That, that's a good, the, the, you can just see the fault lines beginning to appear. Mm-hmm. We also get a nice window into um, the underworld. Mm. So, Tamaji, Tamanegi, 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 sorry, Mm. is Onion, (laughs) which I like. And he's the most uh, powerful criminal in Oda Sanuchi. And DG Ladderoot did say, we shall be seeing him, or we may be seeing him again. He's not a one and done. Uh, he, He runs the criminal underground that is not associated with any specific clan. So I like that it's not necessarily under the thumb of the scorpion and the scorpion actually controls the whole underground. No, not, not in Oda Sanuchi. No, Uh, no. There are shinobi for hire Mm -hmm. and there are clan shinobi. And what Tamanegi says is that whoever tried to do this was not a shinobi for hire. So it had to come from a clan. Oh, it seems like Mia Satoshi knows an awful lot about this uh, underworld crime thing, doesn't he? Mm. I think the other interesting thing is that Toturi just casually says, "Well, I know that all clans have shinobi," and I'm which which interesting because I'm as I seem to recall, and I have not read the Scorpion novella, but wasn't our favorite popped color Scorpion shocked, like genuinely shocked, that the Scorpion clan have shinobi? Um, not quite so much. A little bit. A little bit. So, so obviously, so, so Toturi just casually saying, oh no, absolutely all the great clans have Shinobi, clearly isn't absolutely believed by everybody. Well, I think there's a broadness in the definition of what a Shinobi is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I don't think a scorpion would consider most of what, say the daidoji that we're doing uh, that we're acting as shinobi in the uh Kuan in the and Uji, yeah 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 uh story where they were taking that fortification and and sneaking all over the walls and stuff i think mm. tatori and the crane would think that they were shinobi 
But the, the but I think the scorpion would just think those are guys just doing what you're supposed to do to take a yeah. key. But I I would be interested in knowing whether that attitude that all great clans have shinobi is that a general opinion because I don't think it would mm-hmm. be. Is it he is the son of a clan champion and then became a clan champion himself and thus got briefings, mm-hmm. or is it that he is emerald champion and thus got briefings? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which I think would be uh, it's an interesting kind of question as to where that opinion comes from even though he's not he doesn't know much about the kind of down in the streets kind of law enforcement and neither would he would he you expect him to really think about it mm-hmm. where his position well we is. know that we know that Toji Kuanan mm. who is also the son of a champion for yep, what yep, it's yep. worth did mm. not necessarily know that the crane had yeah. even the shinobi that they did have to go over yeah, the castle yeah, walls. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Uji had to be very careful about telling yes. him about them. Yes. So... We have shin shining examples of military prowess. Uh... <laughs> so... so, yeah, I, I think it could well be. Could all be. Emerald, hi, Emerald Champion. Here's your briefing document. And it's like, oh, all the clans. Yes, all the clans. Oh. Well, and Tatori is a little bit more observant than Kwanan. Yeah, yeah. But like if if I was Emerald Champion or if I was if I was going to be educating the next Emerald Champion, that's a fact I'd want them to know. Mm-hmm. You know. So let's see. Um the last thing that was a, a good observation is that um he mentions that Matsusuko's parents were killed by a Phoenix covert action. So mm. in old five var lore, in Way of the Phoenix, we learned that the phoenix and the lion got into a tussle when the fe- lion said that shinobi were not not shinobi, shiginja were not necessary for the imperial armies, and mm. so in response, the master of water teleported a group of Shiba into the Matsu commander's command tent mm. and killed. Matsusuko's parents right in front of her. Yep. <laughs> and so uh, that could be part of her attitude in New 5R and certainly sounds like it was a similar, uh, it would similar sound sort like, of incident. It would sound like a character-defining moment, yeah. Yes. Um, I, would, I would say that although, although ultimately Matsusuko, at the, 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 the ripe old age of 10, uh, managed to dispatch the last of the of the, the Shiba kind of shinobi. Mm-hmm. I I would say that the uh, the Asawa proved their point. Yeah. You know. So let's see. Shall we go on and talk about investigations of Rokugan? I think we shall because uh, that's a big topic, and this is kind of what Totori is up to. So it's kind of a and and it's a very classic thing for our player characters to be doing. Right. And we talked about so, magistrates last week, so... We did. So you're probably going to be given an investigation if you are a magistrate or a Eureki or a Doshin. Someone will say, look, this thing happened, go look into it. But having said that, there's still all sorts of ways that even someone who's not actually in the magistrate, in the law enforcement kind of hierarchy, can suddenly find themselves needing to investigate what's going on and who who done it. And possibly why done it and how done it, which you, you just by by being in the right place. Well, let's say the wrong place, <laughs> the wrong place at the right time. But uh, the common one is you are assigned. Yeah, uh, or or somebody has said, please investigate this for me, yes. or you find a mysterious thing. And mm. uh, my favorite uh, disadvantage is. Uh, uncontrollable curiosity for a PC mm. because then all the GM has to do is just drop something weird and my player character will end up involved with it. That's a good one. <laughs> so uh, investigations have a lot of steps uh, that mm-hmm. we go along with. Uh, you you want to follow the track of questioning people, uh, usually questioning. Uh, and there's always challenges with that investigation. Like, yep. You want to question these low-ranked people lower than you. That means you might get a response that is something you want to hear. They think you want to hear. 
yeah. rather than what's the truth because you are samurai and you are not very familiar with and you're a frightening person. Absolutely. But, if you're high, high ranked, um, if you have the, the possibility of just being able to impose horrible things on a poor defenseless commoner. So they're <laughs> going to say whatever will most they think will most likely get them out of the situation right away rather than necessarily telling you the truth so there's all sorts of different approaches to get around it of course but that is a thing you need to worry about on the other right (laughs) on the other hand you got the your higher ranked people and you've got to investigate them sometimes or possibly you know interrogate them well interrogate will probably be the wrong term when they're higher ranked than you but get information out of them and they've got their own agenda and they're very powerful and they're not necessarily going to take too kindly to someone questioning them. So that's, that's and you need to bring out all the social ploys and mm-hmm. uh, all your best courtesy and be very careful. So, so that's one of the things that makes investigations such a good story for L5R to work with because yeah. it gives you a real need to follow a social agenda, follow the rules of society mm-hmm. and be polite. A lot of people have to say, there's a, I think when people start talking about investigations, especially about evidence and truth and stuff, uh, a lot of people act as if you only ever go up against people who are hugely greater in rank than you, and therefore you can never touch them, and therefore why ever bother? But that's not going to be that common, I would have thought. Although it's, it's, an, it's a good thing to chuck at your players, and it's an interesting challenge. But I don't think it's the most like common thing to happen. See, I don't. I don't think you should base your entire thing on we are going to be going up against people of higher rank. Therefore, we need to do the following. Well, certainly, a lot of those people who are up against people in higher rank have stages because those Mm. higher rank officials will probably be using people with lower rank. Yeah. Path. So. um, So tell me about Kitsuki. Kitsuki Kovar. Well, the the Kitsuki, as is well known, believe an awful lot in physical evidence, and they are very good at spotting and analysing and interpreting physical evidence. In Old Fiverr, a lot of people acted as if nobody used any evidence of any kind at all. It was all testimony, which seemed a bit silly because then you could never like they would also have people aha the cunning scorpion ninja planted some evidence well you know people don't look at the evidence apparently so why would you plant it (laughs) um obviously that's not the case people look at evidence people try and understand it but the kitsuki method is often a bit strange and confusing to people who don't practice it so how do you just get that across and the usual compromise is that the Kitsuki investigator effectively acts as a witness of the same status rank as they have, which mm-hmm. actually, to me, makes perfect sense because status is like in the real world. You don't just have someone saying, oh, I took some fingerprints. They have to spend some time in in the trial saying, OK, I graduated from this college. I did this degree. I then have this experience in taking fingerprints and doing crime scene investigation. I've got this award for being really good at it. Then they say, I look at these fingerprints and that's what I found. That is all abstracted into your status. Right. Because somebody with higher status, and they got there because they're good at what they do, because that's how status works. Honest, at least that's 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 the official line that everyone believes in Rock Again. And if someone has said, "No, you need to be status four and a half because you're just that good," then that means the stuff you 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 know when you when you present your testimony, this is the evidence I found. This is what it means. That's the weight it has because that's your qualifications. Right, and that's how Kitsuki evidence works. And if anyone says, "I don't believe this nonsense," that's when you start saying. Are you doubting the people who taught me? Are you doubting my ancestors and my ancestors' techniques? Right. How dare? <laughs> kind of thing. So evidence ends up... Be- Everything does translate into testimony. It's mm. the testimony of the person interpreting the evidence. Exactly. Which is actually how it works in the real world as well. 
Absolutely. We're just a little bit more inclined in the real world to uh, accept testimony without caring as much about the uh, qualifications, at least at this point. But if there was a brand new technique Mm. to analyze some crime scene evidence, then we'd want to know about who had come up with it. I mean, fundamentally, the the Rocky County people don't have, you know, the CSI programs that have we've all watched, and we all now go, oh wow, yeah, they can do amazing things, and in really short periods of time with montages and bits of music, and then they can study all this evidence, <laughs> which has actually caused some problems in real life to us. But they uh-huh. don't have that in Rocky Again. so you sometimes have to explain a bit why you can do what you do. And again, it's one of the interesting challenges that the Kitsuki can find lots and lots of evidence and be really certain I know who did this or the kind of person who did this. But they aren't going to be able to persuade anybody. What do you do? Right. Now, in Rokukan and in Japan, Mm -hmm. the place you go to if you where you really want to go to not well not really is to get the confession because yes. in the end you know if you got a confession then it's nobody's word against word you said it you did it that's it, it yeah and I mean, the it, technique yeah, for getting that is is, you, not is torture is torture yeah. mm. i mean it's it's the, what is supposed to happen and what was meant to happen historically is you didn't get sentenced until there was a confession. Mm-hmm. And so all that other stuff is leading up to that. And if everybody was convinced that that person did it and they weren't confessing, then it was considered appropriate to use torture to get that confession. Right. This is one of those things you are going to want to discuss at your table and right. decide what you're going to do. It's allowed in the environment. It's a common trope. Mm. We learn yep. in the story Children of the Empire that at various times in history it was considered appropriate and not appropriate yep. to torture, especially those with no ability to understand it. Mm-hmm. However, you should use it in a way that works for your group if you use it. Uh, yep. You can always do it off camera. Samurai don't cor- torture. Burakuman torture. You can say, Burakuman, go get this It'll and have them come back. But or, it's not the... Get your- yeah, or, or get your—I mean, you can you can bypass it by getting your super 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 uh, social person to convince them to do it without actual right. A confession spikes. as an outburst for strife is yeah very, I would think, preferable as the end scenario for this. So you, you you put yeah. all this evidence before them. You up their strife throughout the whole thing and they melt down and confess as their outburst. Yeah. The, the Columbo, someone, someone said one of the, the, I think it might've been you. In fact, the, the, a really good model for a crane magistrate is Columbo <laughs> because he's always doing, Oh, Oh, just another thing. There's, there's something bothering me because you said in this testimony, X, Y, Z, but and so you, you, you lead them down the garden path, you get them to, you give them enough rope, mm-hmm. and then you catch them in it. And that can be a way of doing it. You can, like, I, and also you have things like good cop and bad cop routines. Right. Hmm. Because you know, uh, where... that, that's, that's a great way. If you ha- if you got a low honor and a high honor person in the party, then you can play off each other yep. real well. Um, yeah, so that's always even, fun. Yeah, just just someone who's nice. Someone is it's, you know, the unicorn. Look, look, you understand. My highest tenet is compassion. Yeah, that guy, his lowest one is compassion. So you want to talk to me? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we will just have to turn you over to him. Yeah, yeah. Using clan stereotypes for that sort of thing does oh, yeah. does work pretty well because people will have an expectation going in that absolutely. Let's see. So once you do have your charges together or you have mm-hmm. your confession, uh, if you can't get – if you have somebody who's higher rank and uh, if you can't get somebody who's higher rank than the person who is being – who did it. The one, the, yeah, <laughs> the one you want to accuse. You, you need someone either of their rank – like if if you're like an emerald magistrate, they 
I can't remember. I'm actually suddenly really I'm saying status four point five, and that's old. That's old money. <laughs> I can't remember what a, a enabled magistrate. Well, if you are a clan money. Yuriki and you're trying mm. to charge an imperial with someone something, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. No. <laughs> you will need an emerald. You will need to either convince an emerald magistrate yep. that who you know who does have higher authority than the imperial that the imperial did it, and then the the Emerald Magistrate can go and do it. Or yeah, yeah. you need to find a way to catch him in the act. Yes. And if I... you catch somebody in the act and you have a bunch of witnesses, mm. you, then you, That's you when you're on it. something. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and this is actually a really good space for intrigues because mm-hmm. you've got to try and convince this the high-ranking, the higher-ranking person there is a case to be answered, mm-hmm. and that's and while while the other person is going, no, no, I'm completely innocent, and uh, I wasn't there at all, and if I was there, I didn't do it, and if I did do it, then um, I didn't mean it, <laughs> and so on, <laughs> you know, and that's that's where an intrigue can come in, and that's where you can start using all those social things and all the things like the Kitsuki chucking in evidence. That's some momentum points, and the Crane Court here. Catching them in, you know, uh, uh, a lie, momentum points, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. I think I think it's a really good space for for intrigues. Right. So when you get to the part where you are you've arrested them, there are mm-hmm. jails. Yep. Uh, it is more likely you will be chucked in the jail if you are a Ronin or a Hamun. Uh, house arrest is more common if you are a samurai. Yep. But there are jails, and there is a prison. For samurai and Otisan Uchi, so they're there, they exist. Yeah, I mean, historically speaking, you didn't really have. I think the, I think there's a distinction between jail and prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think which basically the the jails were really to keep people until they got their trial, right? And you tended not to have prison as a punishment. Because they would do something else to you, and you wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but so that, but I don't. If there's a long-term prison in Otsanuchi, that might be an Otsanuchi thing because yes, it's the imperial capital, and they do weird things there. Okay, let's see. Talking about so when there is a trial, the yep. common setup is that you take they take the prisoner out to this open-air courtyard, unless it's some very special trial that demands secrecy. And the accused is made to kneel on a square of white sand, traditionally. Yes, yeah. So it's 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 this um, it's this courtyard, and it's fairly wide open, and it's all got white sand slash gravel, because this is the white, the you know beautiful white of truth kind of thing, mm-hmm. and the the presiding magistrate who is essentially a judge at this point. They have a nice raised dais to to stand on, so you're mm-hmm. yeah you're outside. They're kind of inside on a porch, and it's all very symbolic. Right. And you might get a ne- a little mat to kneel on, and you will <laughs> probably, depending on your status, you might be tied, and someone will be behind you holding that rope. And it's a very 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 classic scene that shows mm-hmm. up a lot. Very all, all that kind of imagery is really really classic. The lead investigator will normally be the one who's acting as the prosecutor. There's not yep. a separation of between investigators and prosecutors. Uh, and witnesses will come in and offer testimony. They can on your behalf, too. Uh, though, if we were going to give pride of place, it would definitely be towards the accusers in general. Uh, sentences are done, as I understand it, right away. You don't yeah. <laughs> get yeah, a lot of time. It... I mean, I think I think it's it's more like yeah, at, but at best it's tomorrow, right? We, the thing will happen tomorrow. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. pretty much, I, I, and sometimes it's like yeah, right now, right now. Uh, if, Here you if, go. <laughs> if, you've, if you've done something, if you've done something you wish you hadn't done, then yeah, right now badness. Uh, yeah, so there's 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 very little hanging about. <laughs> Now, duels we talk about a lot in L5R. Um, yep. As a way, and it's easy to think that duels are kind of a way out of any kind of legal mm. proceedings, but that is not the case, or at least I wouldn't run it that way in, in my yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a duelist is in some ways a lawyer in Rokugan. 
to to act on your behalf or you can argue on your can, behalf. Can be, yeah, yeah. But you don't challenge the whole trial. You know, you 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 have what you are challenging when you make a challenge is is you challenge a point of order yeah, rather than the yeah. whole thing. So just like a lawyer doesn't just jump up and say I am innocent and that's the end. That <laughs> yeah, 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 That's yeah, yeah. Instead, the duelist can challenge like one point of testimony, uh, one person's testimony. They could challenge that Kitsuki uh, about the footprints, all right? Yeah, yeah. And then they can have a duel. And, uh, but that doesn't negate all the other points of testimony, it just yes. negates. The one point of testing is so if the case hinges on just one thing, then there's more of a chance that the duel can get you out of it. But if it hinges on multiple things or if multiple witnesses, for example, saw you in the act, yep. you can't duel them all. You only get like one or two or trial before the you know, presider is going to not let you duel anymore and say that's ridiculous. Yes. I mean, I mean, that, that, yeah, that is that is exactly the kind of thing I think that's that would be how it works a lot lot better than simply well i've decided that i'm going to challenge the guilty verdict completely because if i think about it you think about it if you if you're doing that then you're challenging not the investigating officer not the player character you are challenging at that point the judge mm -hmm. and that's 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 going to be a big ask and i suspect that it's going to be a lot easier to do the duel if it's not just uh, I challenge your claim that you saw me, I'm going to uh, you, you'd have to say, oh, that thing you said, that sounds like you're insulting me. That or you come That's up with another. That's where I'm going to charge you. Right. That yeah. or you come up with another explanation. You say you saw me crouched over the body because I had just stabbed them. Mm. I say I crouched over the body because I was helping them. And, 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 and you're uh, yeah. saying I stabbed them is a dual worthy point. My story is this, and then yes. you duel over the different stories for see I mean, which it, one gets yeah, accepted. Yeah, I mean, I I personally want to take it slightly further away from the trial by combat mm -hmm. and a little bit more into the how dare you insult my honor? I cannot stand this. Then blades must be drawn. But you wangle. It's all about so so the the accused person has to do some clever thinking about how okay how can i frame this not as in i don't want to be found guilty but more how dare you say that about me <laughs> that kind of thing on the flip side if you have mm. a hymen or a non-dualist or low status person uh, yeah. giving testimony uh, and there's and somebody says no they're lying because they're lower status than me which is yeah. easy to say, especially when you're dealing with the testimony of Hyman. A duelist mm. can step in on behalf of that lower-ranking person, and all the duelist has to say, like your PC duelist has to say, is, yeah. I believe this Hyman over you, the accused person who says that they're lying. Yeah, yeah This yeah. is a great insult to the person who is accused, because it's saying you're a liar, yep. basically. But then... The accused has to accept a challenge from the duelist over over that. And in fact, it, yeah, if if you're if you're really clever, you can just, you know, I believe this hymen, and what you try and do is you get them to challenge you. Mm -hmm. Because how dare you, you insulted me and said that I'd lie? Well, you could always deal me. So there's room so, there's room for all sorts of shenanigans. Right. So after that, you get your sentence, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it could be. House arrest, if you got off yep. easy. Uh, it could be exile. It yep. could be seppuku, if your boss was feeling generous. Um, yeah, yeah. Or execution, um, hanging. It got really creative in Japan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. In some ugly ways. It, in some ugly ways, yeah. So basically, anything beyond seppuku is horribly demeaning for a samurai. Mm -hmm. um, it is unfortunately expected for the commoners because they just—it's an unequal system. That's what we're afraid with, so what we deal with. But yes, anything up, anything beyond seppuku for a samurai is going to be considered extremely humiliating, 
and and it, it is thus generally reserved for very very bad people who've done very very bad things so that's often a threat to hold over someone mm-hmm. and, the yeah. more private the sentences and the faster the sentences the more mm. polite courteous compassionate the judges are are, are being yes. to you yes so. uh, being being offered the chance to commit seppuku instead of being executed is often considered very 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 merciful right and even yeah. if you're sentencing a peasant if you want to be merciful generous to that peasant but they still did the bad thing mm. then a quick execution yes in private is a very merciful sentence yeah. There's another sentence I feel I should add, probably won't come up with PCs all that often, but if you are a commoner, especially mm-hmm. in a clan court, and maybe if you're a ronin, you might be, this is the closest you get to prison, because it's actually kind of convenient sometimes to say, you are going to be sentenced to this many years of hard labor in our mine, mm-hmm. mining, mining terribly useful resources, because uh, why waste, why, why waste people? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Historically, you could actually get sentenced to being uh, being put into one of the Burakamin kind of uh, occupations, if mm. you're a... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that was often very bad. They, they, you could also get yourself out of that, but it was very difficult. But mm-hmm. you could, as opposed to people who are born into it. So that's a, there was a range of punishments. But... Yeah. So... Um... We've got a ways, those are the kind of the role-playing aspects to yep. running an investigation. But as a GM, we we need to try and get our players through this. And uh, mm. so we, we've been picking up some tips for running investigations in 5th yeah, edition. This is one of those things where it's really, kind of what we want is the feel of a Columbo or a Sherlock Holmes or a crime procedural but that's really hard to do because mm-hmm. in those things, the author has written out all the stuff that gets found and all the conclusions that get made. Whereas you're a GM and who knows what the players are going to be doing. Right. So I'm trying to run an investigation right now in my campaign and it, it's always challenging. So mm. here's some tips. Um, one I heard recommended was using the three clue rule, which is make at least three clues that point to any conclusion, no matter how small the PCs yep. you want the PCs to make, because the PCs will ignore the first, uh, miss the first, ignore the second, and misinterpret the third before they get there through <laughs> some wild leap of logic. Yeah, and and one of the things that is the reason for the three clue rule is that you think it's really obvious because you know what happened because you wrote the mystery. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to know what it feels like to not know something. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to imagine what it would be like for the player characters who have no idea what's happened when you give them a piece of information. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really hard. So a three-clue thing, all pointing the same way, even though it feels like it's overkill, I think it is is a really solid thing. I actually kind of go a bit beyond that, and I tend to think if I have three clues, I'm going to have three ways. I'm either going to not gate it behind a check at all, mm-hmm. or I'm going to have three ways they can find that clue. Right. And and if they get the get it the first time, the other two ways never happened, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But if they get the they fail the first one, and they don't get the, the second one, then they get the third one. Mm-hmm. So you make sure they get the clue, but they still have the fun of you know trying to get the clues and trying to roll the dice. And because sometimes I feel if you just give them the clues, it doesn't feel like you're being challenged. It's really mm-hmm. it's a weird thing. It feels like oh, there's no point in me turning up. I was going to get those clues anyway. Yeah, it's it's that balance though. That's it's a tough balance, right? So, and it's harder in fifth edition. So, in in fourth mm. edition, in all previous editions, you had an investigation skill. Yep, and you just went in there and you did the investigation skill, and what you got yeah. was based on your investigation skill. And there was several things that let you even reroll your investigation skill, and and 
eventually yeah. through everybody in the party having an investigation skill of some degree, someone was going to get your clues and you would be able to yeah, hand yeah, it yeah. out that way. You don't get that in fifth edition. No. So how do you how do you run them if you don't have an investigation skill? Well, well essentially, yeah. yeah. The PCs need to be able to roll on any ring and any skill to search for clues, but they have to tell you narratively what they're looking for. Yeah, so effectively any skill can be your investigation skill, so long as it applies to what they're doing. So if you're searching a room, then you need to, okay, what are they... The, what skill would tell them if there's something out of place? If they're looking at a suit of armor to see if it's been used, what skill would they use for that? And so on and so on and so on. All right. So, um, and you can use honor and glory staking instead of gating this as well. Mm. Um, so I, w I wanted, to, I, I kind of built an example for how this works in fifth edition. So I'm going to okay. read it off. <laughs> if the players say, you know, we want to just search the room. We want to search for everything. Then mm. you as the GM response. So are you going to mess up this room, turn it over, trash the place in your, in your quest for clues? You can do that. And you'll find everything, mm. but it'll make you look like ruffians or thugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that would involve you staking a certain amount of honor on action because you're giving up some honor, you're giving up some glory in exchange for being able to rifle the room like a, a, a thug. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. If the players do so, great. They take the honor or glory hit, but you give them all the clues that they would have gotten for a more refined mm -hmm. search. So that's a shortcut way through it if the players say no we don't want to do that then you say what in the room do you want to look for to see if there is anything there that will further your findings so then yeah, the players yeah. have to look at their rings and their skills and say what are the kind of things that my character specifically would look for in this room to 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 find mm -hmm. so you know, one player might say, I'll look at the arrangement of the furniture to see if every anything in here is different than a normal Rokugan room in this. Well, yeah. figuring out what a normal Rokugan room is, is a culture role. And surveying the whole room is water, so that would be a water culture role. That makes sense. And if, say, they were searching the walls for hidden compartments... That's looking for details, so that's air. So they're looking at a particular thing, looking for details, so that's air. And also sneaky deviousness is also air. Mm -hmm. But how how are the walls built? Well, that's a labor skill. Right, so construction. So air, labor. Mm -hmm. If they went through and said, oh, I was here last week. I want to compare to see how it looks now versus how it looked last week. Well, now you're remembering how it looked last week. Remembering is earth generally, and appreciating the layout of the room, I could probably file that under aesthetics. This is the yeah. general layout that I remember, the scene in front of me, this picture in my mind, that's that's aesthetics. So Earth aesthetics could be a good role for that. And if someone was looking for signs that a fight happened in this room, or if someone had previously in like a, a big survey had said, hmm, this looks like it's been disturbed, so okay, what happened? Was there a fight? If there was a fight, what would it look like? Fire is theorizing, mm -hmm. and martial arts would be a f your skill for working out what kind of fight happened. So there'll be a fire martial arts role. Mm -hmm. And if you just want to sit in the room and just get a general feel for the kami and the spirit of the place to see if it was disturbed, uh, mm. see anything that might just set off my instincts... Instincts are void, and yep. communing with the kami is void, and meditation is meditation. So a void meditation role will give you all that kind of soft, feely stuff. So that kind of gives you, it gives them different channels for how to search that that room. Yeah, and there's a a link that there's a, there's a line that you've you got here in the notes, which is. Don't make up the clues beforehand, but know what happened so you can work out what clues there would be and design the clues narratively rather than specifically saying they must roll this in order to get this clue. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that I really like is 
opportunities because mm -hmm. if they succeed or fail, that'll tell them the specific thing they're looking for. So the person who is looking for, was well, there a fight here? And they roll their fire and their martial arts and they maybe they fluff that roll and they don't know whether or not there was a fight or if there was a fight, they don't know how it went. But if they have opportunities, they could find clues unrelated. So while you were pacing through trying to work out, OK, I think maybe there was a swordsman here and he had advanced. And when you put your foot down, you tread on a, a shogi piece that shouldn't have been there. Mm hmm. And there, there you go. That's a clue. So the role gives you things that you want, uh, gives things that the player was looking for, but the yep. opportunities let the GM give the clues that they wanted to give in the first place. Exactly. And anything, anything that they otherwise you suspect they would have missed. And that's a, an excellent place to put it. And so that's a, it's, it's a good use for opportunities. I have to say, right. I, there, I think I had a, the one time I was doing that, I was literally, they rolled to try and see what they're doing. This is early on in the system mm -hmm. when, when they weren't sure. And I actually went, look, I'm taking that opportunity. I'm taking that. <laughs> this is what you're doing. This is um, what you get with it. Don't, don't remove yeah. strife with this opportunity. I, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. wanted to give it, give you information. Um, Hopefully they will then learn to use them in that way. Right. <laughs> that, that's exactly how, that's exactly what opportunities are for. Okay. Um, the other thing is, so the, what you give the players, you should just give them when they walk in. Yep. I would now, supposedly what you see from the scene is from vigilance. So mm. you're, you walk into a scene and vigilance is what gives you kind of the, the assessment of overall what you see in the scene. Um, yep. And you can get a lot of clues from that. The absolute must have clues that they need. Yep you know, should be there in vigilance. However, the problem is that I found with fifth edition is that um, there's no benefit for having high vig vigilance because mm. when you describe the scene, you describe it to everyone. It's described to the vigilance that you want to communicate the clues across to. So yep. what was the benefit of having vi high vigilance in terms of investigation? So it is... You know, vigilance is a stat for a lot of other things, but you mm. know, in terms of uh, investigation, to make that work for your party, what you have to do is figure out, okay, if I have a group where the vigilance of the PCs is varied and there yeah. are different, different people, take a certain piece or piece or two of information and hold mm. it back from the main description, just, just stash right. it, and then pass that on notes to yeah. the high vigilance people then they know their vigilance counted yeah or, or in sometimes i will say this is what you see and then i'll say it out loud to the high perception person and you get this piece of information you can do it with notes but i think it, it sometimes you get a lot of the same effect by calling it out in front of everyone mm -hmm. assuming this is assuming the players would have the, the characters would immediately go, I saw a thing. Right. And everyone else goes, gosh, you're so observant. And that kind of thing. <laughs> now, investigation is a scholar approach. And mm -hmm. so it uses the scholar opportunities. And those, yep. it also can have uh, momentum in a room if you need it to, to build yeah. up. So you can use the intrigue rules for an investigation of a room or a, of, a, of a group of people. Uh, that you're questioning that sort of thing if it if an investigation does then go on to questioning people directly of course that that is social approach with all yeah. that that implies yeah momentum rules would be very good for especially like uh you have you've managed to get into the room that the bad guy has been trying to stop you from getting into you have one action each to do something mm -hmm. go you know that, there's a time pressure but you got to you got to do it before they get back right that's a great time to do make it a, a momentum kind of intrigue kind of thing. The, so the target numbers for making an object magically invisible, well, the target number for finding a magically invisible object is target number four. So that should be a really hard ceiling and mm -hmm. thus for target numbers to see things hidden in mundane ways should be between one and three. Four should be reserved for like actual magic 
or super brilliant sneaky people. Right. That should give you a range. Right. And don't get adversarial. That's the biggest thing is as a GM, especially on uh, investigations, don't. You are your player's ally. You want them to find out what you have to know so that they can move your story forward. Because otherwise, it just sits there stuck forever. Yes. Yes. That's one of the big things I've learned from like Powered, Powered by the Apocalypse has that idea of failing forward. You always you want you want to make sure that you don't just stop if someone fails a role. You want it you want it to go forward. You want it to keep going. And you want them you want the players to feel that they have been challenged, but you want them to succeed. And that's right. a, that's where you want to get to. Because otherwise if if they go, well you have found no clues, they go, we'll go home then. And the bad guy will get away with it. And that's no fun for anybody. <laughs> right. Anyway, so hopefully that gave you some ideas for running investigations. We've gone for a long time, but I think that this is a cool topic and one yep. we want you to be able to enjoy. But for us, that's, that's us. it for me. That's, uh, that's listen us. to our other podcasts. Uh, there is a long investigation one on Last Province. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to listen to that and, uh, of course, listen to our Court Games LCG uh, partner, sister podcast. Otherwise, that's it for this week. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And until we meet again, keep your jet handy. Bye.